do something about it. So it can't always be fear. You you would want to remember that feeling when there is a patient and you don't know what to do. So you have to do your part to know what to do. There's nothing wrong with asking for help, even even practitioners. What's up, everybody? Today we have Dr. Betsy Marigoman who specializes in oral surgery and aesthetic dentistry at Celio Smile Design in Makati. She obtained her Doctor of Dental Medicine from Centro Escolar University and is currently completing her endodontic residency at the University of California, Los Angeles. Join us today as we talk about TikTok, her experience in residency and practicing dentistry in the Philippines. Let's get to it and now tell us what's up. Welcome to Tooth Untold Podcast, where we interview exceptional dentists from around the world. In each episode, we probe the mind of a dentist and extract wisdom and knowledge from their experiences. Now here's your host, Kevin Zappa. Okay, so let's start off with the first question. How did you choose which school to apply to in the Philippines? I actually have a pros and cons list but I I don't have that prepared because I usually do talks to uh, uh, eighth grade and um, ninth grade students in high school so I usually tell them about my course about dentistry and most of the questions were which which schools would I recommend and I would do I I did a pros and cons list for different schools in the Philippines like CU Makati, CU Manila, CU Malolos, uh, UE, UP and the main pro that I noticed in CU was if you if you did well on your own uh, you you uh, get to graduate on time so that is a very big deal for a lot of students because in our field, in dentistry, it's very often that you get delayed um, in the clinics. And CEU is one of the places where if you really push um, push yourself, you get to finish on time. So what, uh, what I'm saying is and for other schools like CU Makati, even though you have, um, even, if, even though you push, but there are a limited number of chairs, then that's, uh, that's the factor that you will want to consider. I heard that getting delayed was one of the common things uh, that students experience when they're in their clinical years. So do you have any tips and tricks uh, for the students out there in their clinical years? Okay, so I have a, I have a few tricks up my sleeve because I did not get delayed um, when I went to dental school. So I finished six years. And um, with, with, when it comes to CEU Manila, there's going to be a lot of people, a lot of patients. So that's one of the con in CEU Manila is that there are a lot of people there, a lot of students who will be fighting for chair time. So what I did was I went to different parts of different cities and would talk to, um, say, uh, what do you call it? A barangay, barangay chairman and would tell them about free consultations and stuff like that. And then they would assign a day where I get to check all of their, all of the people in the barangay as like a free consultation, like a day designed to have a free consultation for the people. And then for me, those that was my time to look at cases and um, accumulate all of the cases that I needed for the entire year. So um, when I needed a specific case, I had a notebook 
that has all of the cases that I gathered from the free checkup. And I would just call them up um, when I needed them. So that was one of one of the ways I got I got through clinic quite quickly and didn't get delayed because if there is a, for example, you have a difficult case that you need and you're going to have to find that specific case, where will you start? Are you going to go to agents? Are you going to ask, ask around? When in fact, you can just allot one day where you can see a lot of patients and then just pick whichever one you need um, for a specific day for a specific case. So that's, that's a good tip, I think. Not going to lie, that seems like a lot of work. So how did you manage to balance your time and fit all of those things in while being in school and working on your patients in clinics? Well, I'm a, I'm a, you can't sit me down. Ever since I was a kid, I bounced from a lot of activities. Like I could, I could not just do one thing. So I am, I, I'm, I'm an athlete. And even when in college, I still practiced my uh, sport and I was part of the varsity team. So uh, I had a lot of things juggling. I had to juggle a lot of things, but I knew how to manage my time and set my priorities and organize my schedule. Um, and it's, it's possible. You can have a lot of things going on, clinics, assignments, exams, and looking for your own patients, thesis. You can do that if you organize your schedule. It's actually really unfortunate that we have to do our clinics online and we're missing out on the experience on live patients. So what do you think are the type of things that we will be missing out on? So, uh, of course, we all go through the proper uh, dental proper where you, you, you do your preparations on a typodont or in mannequins and then comes clinic. And then it, it will, it's a little rattling to actually have to talk to patients. And that's one side of dentistry. You, there's, there's a clinical side where you get to do this stuff. And then there's another side, which is patient management, which is a very, very big part of um, dentistry. So apart from the patient management that will be lacking, um, there's also the fact that you are practicing on a typodont, which is not the consistency of real teeth, which does not have the complications that real teeth and real humans have. So there's going to be um, the typodonts don't feel pain. You don't feel it. They, they don't feel it when you impinge on gums or you hit the gums. So of course, it's going to be a big factor, but um, there's always going to be room for experience after you graduate. And um, hopefully there's postgraduate training, extra postgraduate training for people who, or there's, I hope there's going to be a different program for people who graduated with uh, online clinicals um, implement just to prepare you guys for actual clinic practice. So it seems like we're missing out on all the fun stuff like the tongue, the saliva, but most importantly, you know, interacting with the patient. So moving on to my next question, how did you start using TikTok as a platform for educating people? Well, I'm actually late in the TikTok game. I started only a month ago, but it started with a brand collaboration. Um, that specific oral care brand actually focuses on dental education and 
teaching people how to use their tools properly. So it started on Instagram when we started to collaborate and I would post um, uh, stories that have a lot of words and I try to put all, as many animations as I can to make it more engaging. But I think Instagram uh, limited my creativity a little bit. So I decided to go on TikTok and I had no idea that a lot of people were interested. So that's how I started on, started on TikTok. And I still do videos of like oral care and um, prevention techniques. But soon I think I would like to post cases of my surgeries and aesthetic, aesthetic um, before and afters. Someday, I'm, I'm still easing into it. So I'm not gonna lie, but I'm gonna be very excited to see your cases on your Instagram. So anyways, moving on. So it's actually really cool that you're doing a residency in the US and I'm actually really curious. So how did you choose which residency you wanted to go into? Yeah, oh, well, that's an interesting question because I did not choose. I have a lot of postgraduate training under my belt because I could not choose. So um, I took up two local postgraduate trainings, one in aesthetics and one in hospital dentistry. And then um, as I was doing my patients, I, I know the protocol and I would do my treatment plans and consult specialists along the way. And there is this one treatment that I am not fully grasping because of course we do endodontics in school. They teach us the basics, but that again is the basics. And I don't know how to handle complications. I don't know how to handle um, difficulties. I only know the straightforward method, which is not enough when you're treating patients. So I decided to take up endodontics in the US, but I, again, it's still ongoing because of the travel restrictions, but hopefully I get to continue soon. That sounds really amazing. And endo is actually one of those subjects that is very difficult for me too, so. I know, I know. Those, uh, those are the reasons why I take up endodontics and the types of uh, postgraduate tra training I take up, those courses that I find really hard because um, I would, the, the more you know, the more, the, I don't know how to say this, the more you know, the less you actually know. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I do, I do. So the more I do the cases, the more I find out that there are things that I do not know. This is speaking as a, as a young professional. So I would like to do my part and try to get as much information as I can, especially now in the pandemic. Um, we have a lot of time, so. Do you know Dr. Appa? I've actually heard that from him too. So, you know, such an inspiration. Yes, I love Dr. Appa. One of, my, one of, our, one of our doctors studied under him. Which reminds me, um, going back to your residency in the US, so how was your journey like during your residency? Well, you get exposed to a lot of amazing and complex cases, and you meet a lot of great doctors who teach. That's something that you cannot um, take for granted because in school, they teach you the ideal, they tell you the complications, but um, it's, it's very different when the patient is actually in front of you and they're actually teaching you how to manage it. So that's, uh, that's um, something you can't, Take for granted when you're taking postgraduates. You have to pick the right places, the right schools, 
in order to maximize the um, the things you want to learn. Yeah. The residency is something that I'm looking forward to in the future, and um, I'm really curious. So, in those situations where you don't really know what to do, like I, I, I can't even imagine the fear that goes in your and through your mind. So, what are your thoughts on that? How would you deal with it? Well, I want you to remember that feeling, and I want you to do something about it. So, it can't always be fear. So you, you would want to remember that feeling when you, there is a patient and you don't know what to do. So you have to do your part to know what to do. Um, a good thing is that when you're in school, you have someone to call, like a professor or a teacher. The same thing when it goes to practice. Um, I am in a group practice. I started out in a group practice where there are a lot of professionals who have different field. So when I was doing a specific type of treatment and I needed help, for example, TMJ and bite. So I would do it. So for example, I do a full mouth bridge, full mouth um, crowns and veneers, and I have to change the bite. Then I have to consult with a TMJ specialist to help me with the case. So in that process, I know what the TMJ would say. I would know what um, the treatment course would be. And I know that I will be doing due diligence for my patients and not just doing the, the case for money. Um, so ask for help. It's, there's nothing wrong with asking for help. Even he's in practitioners, refer out patients and ask for help. Just remember that feeling and try to do something about it. Hey guys. So I just wanted to share with you that I'm partnering up with Dr. Wolf Apparel. They are a medical apparel company based in Australia. They've got really comfortable scrubs and beautifully designed scrub caps. So wait for my post on Monday, August 16, on how you can enter for a chance to win a pair of free scrubs. That's all. Thanks again, guys. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So there is no shame in, you know, asking for help. Now, I know I've heard actually that, you know, the Philippines is actually saturated with dentists. So when you graduate straight out of dental school, is it really difficult to find a job? No, no, it's quite easy. There are a lot of there are a lot of opportunities when you graduate and pass the board exams. It's just a matter of what what you want, what type of practice you want. And I found out when I worked under him, that shaped how I thought of dentistry. And I, I credit him because I think this way because right after I graduated, that was what I was exposed to. So that the that type of standard is what I hold and which is good but there will be varying um, variables I guess for the type of practice that you want because under under specific people when you're working for different types of people they have a set of standards that you have to uphold and um, some dental graduates prioritize um, earning some dental graduates prioritize experience some some prioritize um learning under someone so it will really depend on what type of opportunity you're looking at but it's endless after you graduate it's um you're not gonna be out of a job so to the studentistas listening out there in the philippines there's nothing that you should worry about so anyways i've got one more question to ask you before we end this so what are the differences that you've noticed in the way 
dentistry is practiced in the U.S. as compared to uh, the Philippines? Okay. So in our practice, we do anesthetize every restoration as well. So you can adapt that in your practice if you do plan to practice in the Philippines. I'm not sure what your plans are. But my personal observation, uh, the main difference in the practice of the U.S. and the Philippines is that I found that when a patient enters a clinic in the U.S., the first person that they meet or the first dental practitioner that they will meet is the hygienist. Uh, and then dentists in the U.S. are more specialized. And if there are patients that are not under their jurisdiction, they refer it out. So there are hygienists and there are specialized, as opposed to the Philippines, where in we we do everything from the cleaning down to different treatments. That's I think most the biggest difference that I found in the, the U.S. and the Philippine dental setup. So to wrap this up. What are your last pieces of advice to all the dental students out there? Um, well, just remember that you're not just a student of dentistry, but also a student of life. I mean, be open to new experiences and keep expanding your mind. Graciously accept opportunities and don't limit yourself to the walls of a classroom. All right. So a big round of applause to Dr. Betsy Maragoman for sharing her insights about TikTok, U.S. residency, and practicing dentistry in the Philippines. Thanks for joining us today on Tooth and Toe Podcast. Remember, the comfort zone is your greatest enemy to creativity. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please do me a favor and go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or however you listen to me, and give me a rating and a review. It helps my podcast pop up in the rankings, become more identifiable to people who don't know who I am, and it also helps this podcast grow. So I would also really appreciate it if you could like, comment, and follow at Tooth and Toe Podcast. Now stay safe. Have a great weekend and see you next episode.